Help your four-year-old find joy in learning. Waterford Upstart is a proven effective pre-K learning program that includes fun songs, games, and activities that prepare your child for success in school. We provide all the tools you need to help your child learn to read, including a coach, a computer, and internet access. And because it's already paid for, it's free for you. Enroll today at waterfordupstart.org. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. And we're coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network. Uh, let me see, who else do we have these days, Craig? A mutual Broadcast Network, and of course, our good friends at iHeartRadio. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Roz Morris. She is a broadcaster, media trainer, and managing director of TV News London. Roz has many years' experience as a broadcaster and media trainer. She co-founded TV News London in 1992 and is an accredited trainer for the Independent Television Association. She has been a news reporter, news reader, and program presenter for BBC TV, ITN, Thames TV, and Tyne Tees TV, where she was the first woman in northeast of England to be a regular presenter of the weekly political and business program. She also worked as a correspondent for the BBC Scotland, based in Edinburgh, and for RTE, which is the Irish National TV and Radio, as a news correspondent. She has been a reporter and presenter for LBN, I'm sorry, LBC, RIN, and BBC News, a feature writer for the Evening Standard, and a staff reporter and feature writer for The Observer and The Guardian. Uh, we're going to be talking to Roz this hour about the Enfield Poltergeist. Now, over the past 40 years, Exxon Nation, the Enfield Poltergeist has become world famous. Numerous Hollywood films, most recently The Conjuring 2, have been very loosely based on the strange events taking place in a council house in Enfield in the late 1970s. The story has never gone away, but gained a new large lease of life with the arrival of the Internet and growing worldwide interest in the paranormal. Joining me now from the United Kingdom is Roz Morris. And Roz, welcome to the Exxon. Hello. Hi, Rob. Tell me, um, what was your first impression when you started to do the uh, research for the story on the Enfield poltergeist? Well, it was all accidental, really, because uh, I was a BBC radio reporter then, and um, I was uh, working at the weekend, working for a weekend program which went out on Sunday called The World This Weekend, which still airs on BBC radio. And um, 
the the point was that we didn't have enough um, stuff to fill the um, enough material to fill the program on the Sunday. And what had happened was that on the Saturday, the 10th of September 1977, um, the uh, Daily Mirror, which is a tabloid, national tabloid newspaper in the UK, uh, had come out with a front page story, which was headlined The House of Strange Happenings. And it said on the front page about how um, the... Um, uh, there was this house in Enfield where there were very strange things happening and they'd been witnessed by neighbours and toys moving around, stuff moving around, a chair moving around which had been seen by a police, local policewoman, um, all sorts of stuff like that. And I was just threatened all day, if nothing else comes up, you're just going to have to go to Enfield and, and look at this ghost story. And um, so nothing did happen. It was a quiet news day. So I went to Enfield and then I met the family. Well, I met Mrs. Hodgson and the girls and I met Maurice Gross, who was the um, investigator from the Society for Psychical Research. And my first impression was that um, uh, Mrs. Hodgson, uh, Peggy Hodgson, uh, seemed a very straightforward woman just coping in, in very difficult circumstances that she didn't understand. So when you're looking at the big picture, um, you, 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 how did you how did you take it? Were you a believer in the paranormal? Did you have any concept of what you were actually walking into? No, no, I, I was just a skeptic. I didn't believe in it at all. I mean, I was sort of open-minded mm -hmm. about ghosts. I don't know whether they exist or not. I still don't know that. Um, but no, I just treated it as any other story, and. Um, I didn't um, have a, you know, I wasn't a, a skeptic. I mean, the thing that amazes me about all this sort of stuff, having now um, lived with this off and on for the past 40 years, is that um, there are some people who just claim that even if you told them you saw something move without anyone apparently moving it, they just say you're an idiot and you didn't see it. I mean, they are completely closed to it. And then there's other people who are more open-minded, and sure. some people automatically believe all, this, all that sort of thing. But no, I was, I was, I was quite sceptical. But by the end of the evening, mm -hmm. um, and, and I did my report um, in the Sunday uh, program, and I, I did my report, and it took up 10 minutes of the program. And um, by then, the, and the presenter asked me, do you think it's, uh, something real is happening? And I said, yes, I, I think I probably do. It was so strange. What did you actually see and hear? Well... I didn't actually myself see anything move. Mm. Uh, what I did hear was the knocking sounds, which you get on the walls, apparently, were quite, a, quite common with poltergeists. Um, and uh, that's quite insistent and definite, these sort of knocking sounds. And also um, I heard um, a, a chair apparently moved across the room when the girls were asleep in their bedroom. And um, I didn't see that. But uh, it appeared that it didn't appear that they could have got out of bed and, and thrown the chair and then, you know, got back into bed um, in time to when we went up there to be able to see them. It just didn't seem like that. So it appeared that something threw a chair across the room, which was rather unnerving. So, so who did see something happen? Who saw actual signs of paranormal activity besides the people who were involved in the poltergeist itself? Ah, well, the family, of course, but then also the neighbours um, and also um, passers-by. And uh, as the whole thing went on, because it lasted nearly 18 months, um, there were more than 30 independent eyewitnesses to all sorts of things going on um, in, in terms of uh, things moving about without mm -hmm. um, any evidence. Uh, of course, uh, after I'd done my report... I was so fascinated by the whole thing that I um, went back and I, I put up to the BBC that we should do a radio documentary about this very strange, uh, apparently very strange situation. So I did a, a radio document back over several months mm -hmm. and recorded a lot of stuff. And I um, did a radio documentary which went out in 1978 on BBC Radio and was repeated in 1979. And it went out twice on the BBC World Service. There was a lot of interest in it. Sure there was. Um, did any members of the scientific community actually come down and, and do an investigation? I'm not talking about people from the psychical research side of it, but I mean the hardcore scientist. 
yes, there were scientists who investigated it. Um, there were a number of, of uh, scientists who mm -hmm. uh, looked at um, what sort of things were going on, trying to test the energy and um, whether the energy changed at all or whether um, the, what happened with the voices, because I recorded those when right. uh, near the girls appeared, these very deep voices, apparently like an old man's voice. And um, scientists did come and look at that, and people from um, an, uh, an electrical company, Pi, I think it was, one of the older companies, um, and so there were a number of, of scientists trying to test things, um, and some of them found that they, they thought something strange was happen, happening and some mm -hmm. couldn't find anything, so it, it was a mixed bag. But definitely there was scientific investigation, independent scientific investigation. Now, while they were there, were any of the phenomena or anomalies occurring that they could actually, you know, uh, examine firsthand? Um, well, what happened was that um, often they would set up equipment and then go away, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Sure. Um, and you've got to remember that that was all a lot more difficult 40 years ago. This is so long ago that when I recorded my stuff on the BBC machine, it was on a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder, yeah. which seems so Stone Age now. Um, that, and, and there was a lot of stuff recorded by uh, researchers on reel-to-reel -reel tape recorders. Um, the Daily Mirror set up um, um, time-lapse photography, which again didn't t doesn't time-lapse then as much as it does now. You get fewer frames per second then, but they still got uh, some of the pictures that people will have seen of uh, Janet apparently, you know, leaping off the bed, and she claimed she was sort of pushed. Right. Um, who knows? I mean, and one of the things I do want to say about some of this mm -hmm. is that um, the People who don't want to accept there's anything going on um, at all will say, oh, well, Janet could have jumped off the bed. Well, she was very athletic. She was, you know, um, good at, um, um, you know, athletics and Gymnastics. But the point is that when you see her leaping off the bed, yes, you can see people at the Olympics leaping that high, but sure. they've got like a 100-foot run-up. I mean, you can't do that in a bedroom. All right, stand really. by, Roz. You and I have to take our first break. Exxon Nation, Roz Morris is our very special guest this hour. www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. That's www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. And Roz and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is. But you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Roz Morris is our very special guest. We're talking about the Enfield Poltergeist uh, going back over 40 years ago. The Poltergeist started in 1977 and lasted for 18 months. Roz's website is www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. Roz, did any members of the clergy come and do a religious investigation on the poltergeist activity? Not as far as I know, no. Um, Mrs. Hodgson, I mean, the family weren't religious, mm -hmm. and Mrs. Hodgson didn't want to have um, an exorcism at all. Why not? And I think that is one thing that, uh, I mean, other people came, sure. mediums came, mediums from Brazil, and uh, people who uh, claimed to be able to contact the dead and so on, um, they came, um, and a lot of other people. But, um, no, I don't, as far as I know... Um, no, there was definitely no exorcism, and I don't think any clergy came. And I think the interesting thing is that the Hollywood films that have all based themselves on this, including The Conjuring 2 and uh, the Poltergeist films, um, uh, have all, um, a lot of them go for the kind of Christian symbolism and the um, sort of demonic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't see any, any evidence of anything demonic at all. And when the voices were talking, there was no evidence of anything demonic either. What did the voices sound like? <laughs> well, very, uh, like a very gruff old man, very deep, um, very, uh, rather like if you, you talk, um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I can't do it, but if you talk really deep down um, in a very gruff way, I mean, I did find it that, um, that these voices went on for an hour, two hours at a time, and people said, well, it must have been the girls doing it, but I, I think I should point out that if you try and do that voice, you will get a sore throat very fast. It is really difficult to do. So it's it's very strange, deep voice, um, well, and didn't sound like the girls at all. And they were kind of 11 and 13 right. at the time. So they didn't have, they have very light voices. Um, and they did say they felt as though the voice came from behind them in some way. It was very strange. I mean, somebody said to me once, um, oh, well, this voice could have been produced mm -hmm. by um, uh, sort of a recording or there could have been. But, I mean, I, how, you couldn't have, how could you have pre-recorded that amount of stuff? And if it was on, um, uh, if it was pre-recorded, all the people who heard it would have been able to tell by the quality of the sound. I mean, we all get recorded messages now trying to sell us things. And we know immediately whether it's a real person or a recorded person, don't we? Uh, did you find it strange that the... Um the mother did not want the clergy involved, uh, that she basically didn't want this entity to be exercised? Well, she didn't see it as uh, a devil, you see. She didn't have that belief system. Um, I think it's, it's different in um, the, the States and, and Canada, where sort of the majority of people have a Christian belief system. Mm -hmm. in, the, in Britain, it isn't the majority anymore. Um, what, so is the, what is the majority over there now? I don't know. Okay. I, honestly, I don't know. But I do know that, um, that there's a recent survey show that there's right. a majority of people in Britain who say they believe in God in some way, yeah. but not necessarily in a Christian okay. God. 
the, the, once again, the fact that the mother did not look at it as a negative uh, experience, why would she allow it to become such a media circus? Well, you've got to remember that um, what they were trying to do, um, the people from the Psychical Research Society, that mm-hmm. was Morris Gross and... Um, oh, sorry. I'll That's all right, my... dear. Um, Morris Gross and Guy Playfair, who wrote the book, mm-hmm. The um, Enfield Poltergeist, which was published in 1980, um, what they were trying to do was to find some way of calming it all down. So they just tried everything they could think of. They suggested, they asked Mrs. Hodgson if she would like an exorcism, but she said no, she was definitely did not want that. She didn't see this as something to do with devils. So, so let me understand this. There is something that is terrifying her children. Kids are getting thrown out of bed. Strange things are happening, and she's not concerned as a mother? Well, of course she was very concerned. But she didn't believe it was devils. That's the point. Then what? Um, she didn't know what it was. I mean, um, maybe it was a ghostly presence. Janet said, um, "That's well, that's what Janet mm-hmm. thought it might be." The girl who was at the centre of it all, uh, she said she felt used and she felt as though there was something um, in the house. Um, but I suppose it's just a difference of belief system, really. Was there any, you know, if the, all right, I can understand the difference of belief system, but I'm, I'm a dad, I've got six kids, I've got, I think, 11 grandchildren by now. And Don't if, you know how I, many? Oh, yeah, I do. We, we, it's just that one was announced uh, the other day, so I've got to add the new one coming on that's going to be born in a couple of months. Yeah, uh, but you know what? I have a problem with a parent who will stay in a location for 18 months. 18 months she stayed there instead of taking her family away to a safe place. Something does not ring true with this. Well, um, well, they did go away. They were, they were very poor. They didn't have much money at all, the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure she was on welfare. Right. Uh, she was divorced. She had four children. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't have much money. Um, some people said that, uh, in fact, the, the um, Daily Mirror people, the, the newspaper people who were first on the scene, asked her if she was doing this. Was it? Was it, are you doing this to get a better house? Because a council house is public housing, right. you know. And um, she uh, was absolutely emphatic. No, because she, she'd got the house that she wanted. Mm-hmm. It was a perfectly good three-bedroom house, and she was perfectly happy with it. And in fact, she stayed in that house, and, and she died in the house in 2003. So uh, she was very attached to the house. Um, so they couldn't afford to go anywhere. Uh, they didn't have any option. And the other thing is um, uh, that the people from the Psychical Research Society did pay for them to go on holiday for a week to get away from it. And while, and while they were on holiday, did the, did, was there any paranormal activity in the place where they were sent to or went on vacation? Um, I don't think so, but I'm not entirely sure about that, but I don't think so, no. Um, I mean, I think... Mm-hmm. You mean, how much is it linked to the location, to the house? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, just one, you know I, I'm just wondering that, once again, whether you're poor or you're not, if your children are in danger, even... Because when, if, if I had one of my kids thrown out of bed, man, I'd be out of our home in hours. I wouldn't wait 18 no, months. No, they were neighbors to begin with. I mean, they, you know, they did. Okay. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I think the, um, the the difficulty is they weren't used to having any options. I mean, people were a lot poorer then than poor people now, I think, really, in my experience. All right, um, let, let me ask you this. Did the, different, different world. Did the family make any money in the long run? No, no. Um they, they certainly didn't at the time. I mean, I think the interesting thing is that um, then mm-hmm. there wasn't the sort of checkbook journalism that came across and in the sort of started really in the 80s yeah. and 90s to get really big. And um, now, of course, everybody gets paid for everything. And this whole cult of celebrity thing means mm-hmm. that slightest thing and also the whole um, 
selfies and Kardashians and all that sort of stuff means that everybody's on the make for getting sponsorship and all this sort of stuff. It just wasn't like that then. I mean, it was very, it was such, it was so quaint that they rang the paper, the newspaper, because in those days people were attached to their newspaper. So they thought, well, maybe the newspaper can help. They wanted somebody with knowledge. And it was the newspaper that got in touch with the Society for Psychical Research. I mean, the family had never heard of them, obviously. I mean, most people hadn't. Um, So... It was um, interesting that it all sort of developed gradually. Um, I think, really, Mrs. Hodgson was just coping. She was used, she was, uh, you know, she didn't have much money. She had a hard life. She was used to coping, and she just got on with it. And, it, of course, it didn't happen all the time, right. absolutely all the time, but it happened quite often that things would happen in the night and so on, as well as during the day. It was quite a stressful time for them, and um, they didn't make any money out of it. Um, as far as The Conjuring 2 is concerned, um, they did uh, contract uh, Janet and her sister and her brother, I think, because they, have, um, they, they took part in the research and, um, for The Conjuring 2, and I think they have walk-on parts as well. So, so that's what... the only time I know. That I don't know what they made because that's confidential for them. I don't know. So were, were the Warrens involved in The Conjuring 2? The... The Warrens? Yes. Well, the Warrens are the centre of The Conjuring 2, aren't they? The film. Right, and were they involved in the actual investigation of the Enfield poltergeist? Not very much, no. So <laughs> they were. So in I, real life, not very much, no. But it, it's a Hollywood thing, isn't it, to make it a, um, a big deal and make it one of their cases. Was there, was, was there any about talk about collusion between the newspaper and the family? Was there, sorry? Was there any mention of collusion between the the newspaper that broke this story and the family? Was no, it a- not at all. No, there was never any question of that. I mean, the the the, the paper sent two different sets of people there mm-hmm. to try and find out what was going on, and the um, when they sent one reporter and. and um, uh, photographer, right. the photographer who eventually took the pictures that are famous around the world, um, when they sent them, they walked into the room and Lego bricks started flying around and other toys and so on, and um, that they were convinced by that that something really weird is going on. And d- so, no, the, the paper okay. definitely approached it as I did, as a, a normal story. Well, you know, what's really going on? What's sure. happening? All right, stand by, Roz. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Roz Morris is our special guest. She is a broadcaster and media trainer and managing director of TV News London. Her website is www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. And Roz and I will return as we continue this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can watch us on TV on the Exxon channel exclusively on Simul TV. Don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media Day. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Roz Morris is our special guest explanation, www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. Roz, were any members of law enforcement in the, in the Enfield uh, address when this poltergeist activity took place over 18 months? Yes. Um, what happened was that um, Mrs. Hodgson, oh, the neighbors, um, sorry, start again. Okay. Yes. Um, what happened was that strange things started happening. F- furniture started moving. This was at the end of August mm-hmm. 1977, when the whole 31st of August 77, when it first started. And um, Mrs. Hodgson took the children to the neighbours and the neighbours came and looked and um, they couldn't work out what was going on. And so um, the, the whole point was that they um, took... Um, the family to their house and then some of them eventually called the police and asked them to come and help and the local police came there was a man and a woman officer and the woman officer actually signed a statement saying she saw a chair move across the room without anything apparently causing it and she also said that in an interview to another BBC reporter a BBC TV reporter um, so that was that was the thing that made the difference when the um, neighbours after that the police the police said they couldn't do anything there was right. no offence being committed they couldn't do anything so they went away and then things carried on for a few days and so the um, family then called the Daily Mirror and asked them and the Daily Mirror weren't you know were pretty sceptical but when they said to them. Um, And the neighbour, she said to them, well, you know, what's happened is the police have seen things and they've said that this is happening. So then they sent the reporters there. What are your theories on what happened? Well, um, I I don't know what happened. I mean, I have an open mind about the whole Mm -hmm. thing, but I do know that there are a number of theories about poltergeists, that poltergeists have been reported for the past, several hundred years. In fact, there's even a report from Roman times, which would make it you know, nearly um, 2,000 years ago. But, I mean, there's um, definitely reports of poltergeist activity for hundreds of years. And what seems to happen is that it seems to be centred usually around a young person. There has to be a young person in the house who is upset um, or unhappy and is approaching puberty. And for, we don't, nobody knows why this is. Uh, there are various um, theories that say that, that the young person is therefore 
giving off an energy that's different from normal and this kind of attracts ghosts or creates activity. You can look at it either way. The young person is causing it all or they cause something and then possibly if there are ghosts they, or spirits, they come. So it's, it's really, I mean, the interesting thing is thinking about it, it's so long ago. Um, nowadays, if you want to find out about all this, you can just click on the Internet and within a minute, you can have loads of information, um, uh, accurate and inaccurate, about poltergeists. You yeah. can have loads of information. I had to go to the library and get a book about them in order to find out. There was one yeah. book, The Poltergeist, by William Roll, uh, which was the only book available, and I remember I had to read that to find out what the theories were. I, uh, I've said this many of time on my show, that the Internet is the world's largest septic tank that mankind has ever made because there's more crap in it than anything else. Well, that's one way of putting it. Uh. <laughs> um, but I think it's also amazingly useful for uh, information. It really is, and for finding out what people have written. Um, about different things. I mean, it is amazingly useful. And um, as a journalist, I find it very useful, and I'm sure you do. Um, why do you think Hollywood is taking such an interest in the paranormal? My personal opinion is it's because it's a cash cow. What's your opinion? Well, I think there's a lot in that. I mean, the Poltergeist films, Poltergeist 1, 2, and 3, mm -hmm. I mean, they made three, did really well. We're on The Conjuring 2. Um, the Conjuring 2, I believe, has made more than $300 million worldwide. So that's, that's not the biggest film ever, but it's certainly a good chunk of money, isn't uh, it? I wouldn't and, say no um, to it. Sorry? I said I wouldn't say no to it. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so um, I think, yes, because people are endlessly fascinated by... Um, things like this. I mean, I have found, I mean, I did spend a long time after I'd done my documentary and so mm -hmm. on. And, and then I spent quite a number of years never talking about the Enfield poltergeist. And that was because um, people either look at you as though you're a complete idiot and walk away because they're total skeptics, or you're still there talking to them after another 20 to 30 minutes because they want to tell you what happened to their grandma and how things happened to them and how they know someone who had a poltergeist. It's amazing how many people will talk about this. There's obviously something going on that we don't understand scientifically yet, but I'm sure we will do. What does Janet Hodgson say about it now after all these years? Well... Janet says that uh, she um, is, feels that she was used by some sort of force. She feels that she was pushed around mm -hmm. by something, um, and she doesn't know what it was, but she definitely feels that. And um, she, at the moment, says she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. She did talk about it, and, the, and, and there are interviews with her as part of the trailers for The Conjuring 2 and so on. And she just said she did. She told me recently that she did find that quite upsetting, and she didn't want to talk about it anymore. Really, during or after the the Enfield poltergeist, were any of the members of the family given a lie detector test or a, uh, or a psychological stress evaluation test? I don't know about a lie detector test, but Janet did go to a hospital, a Maudsley Hospital, which is a psychiatric hospital in London, mm -hmm. um, for a couple of months. Um, in 1978, and that was in order to give her a rest because the, she was starting to go into trances and um, there was levitation reported. I didn't see that, but I interviewed people who, um, just people walking past who said they'd seen her um, floating around the room. So um, there was a lot of very, very, what you might call more heavy stuff going on. Um, so Janet was taken out of it and... Um, Things did calm down a bit, and eventually it all petered out. Um, and as far as I know, they didn't find that she was psychologically disturbed at all. They didn't find anything wrong with her um, as, as a, a, a young girl. Since the events going back 40 years or so ago, that lasted 18 months, is the house still standing where the events took place? And... Has there been any other report of paranormal activity in that house? Not as far as I know. Uh, no, yes, the house is still there. It's a good, solid, um, semi-detached house. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Yes, it's it's still there, and I, I people tell me that. Um, I mean, recently I was passing Abbey Road, you know, the crossing where the Beatles walked yep. across on their album. And every time you drive past there, there are people walking across. Tourists come from all over the world to walk across that crossing. And somebody told me recently that people do come from around the world to get themselves photographed outside the house in Green Street in Enfield. So it's become a kind of um, destination for some people, which is extremely strange. I never would have thought that. But it is. It, the thing is, the whole story was kind of... Um, you know, it, it created some interest in the late 1970s and 1980 when um, Guy's book was published. And then the Poltergeist films came out, which were, uh, in their own way generated a lot of interest. Um, and then it sort of died down a bit. And But when the Internet started, this meant that people who were interested in paranormal events could get together, as can other people with different interests. And there was just a lot more about it. And I was amazed when I, I um, looked at things last year mm -hmm. um, when I was revisiting all this again. And um, I was amazed to see that there's loads of stuff. I mean, my program put up there and all sorts of other people's stuff and so on. And they've all got like, huge, well, quite a large number of hits, you know, like a million hits or something. Some of them have got a million and a half, which is quite extraordinary, really. But when we look through the pages of history, it's been established that the Amityville case was was a hoax well i don't know anything about the amateurville case so, you know but um, if but if we're putting if we're investigating one story that was allegedly true and time proved it to be a hoax between the owner of the house and a lawyer how do we how can we take for how can we take any any claims of the paranormal seriously especially when we ourselves do not witness it. How can we just take the hearsay evidence of people who claim they have seen, claim they have heard, without actually seeing it ourselves as, as, as journalists and broadcasters? Well, I suppose that uh, journalists don't see everything all the time on any story, do they? They have to make up their own, um, all journalists have mm -hmm. to make up their own mind and have to... Um, reference things and uh, say what people told them yeah. and let them make their own mind up and I think you just have to take a journalistic approach to the whole thing, which I did and still do. I mean, I still don't know what caused it, but I still know that it was very, very strange. Alright, stand by. We're coming up to our final break. Exxon Nation Roz Morris is our special guest. Her website is www.tvnewslondon.co.uk That's www tvnewslondon.co.uk and we'll be back on the other side of the short break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can always go online to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and get your complimentary copy online of the X Chronicles newspaper this month, 92 full-color pages. We'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. 
Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Exonation Ross Morris is our special guest to this hour. www. Right, have your pencils and paper ready. I want you to mark this down and visit it after the show. www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. Did you ever, did you ever ponder or contemplate becoming a paranormal investigator? Um, no, <laughs> no, not, not, not ever. I've, I found all this extremely disturbing. It seemed to me there was something very mm-hmm. strange going on and um, very disturbing and um, possibly uh, in, at times dangerous. Um, I mean, poltergeist are sort of noisy spirits right. uh, in German is, is meant to be kind of a playful ghost and everything. But it also has a, there is this darker side with the strange voices and heavy objects being moved. And Janet at one point said that the curtains were wrapped around her and she thought she was going to be strangled. Um, and, uh, and she went into trances and things. So there was something really heavy going on um, at certain points. And um, it, I found it very disturbing and I was absolutely determined not to have anything to do with it um, for, for years, which I didn't. Um, but then the whole thing started coming up again. And then, um, so last year, um, I... Uh, the BBC and I decided that we would do another program about it, um, and so they, we did another program about it, and also put up my um, original program on the BBC website. It was all digitised from the old reel-to-reel tape right. and everything. What was your most uh, frightening moment, or the moment that made you say, "This is real"? Um, well, I think on the very first night when I heard this enormous thump upstairs and um, it, this chair apparently moved across the room. And then very sh- soon after that, mm-hmm. um, the investigator, Morris Gross, uh, gave me an interview about how um, part of a cast iron fireplace um, had been, part of it had been ripped off and thrown across the room. So he actually took the fireplace out so that nothing could happen about it i mean if this is some sort of noisy spirit very often these things seem to be quite angry um and people who um believe in ghosts say that they are spirits that are trapped and don't realize they're dead and all that sort of stuff which i'm sure you've heard before many times Um, so um i'm sure that uh, well, I mean, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. what, I'm, what I'm sure about is that there was something very strange going on that we don't understand, and parts of it could be dangerous. And I felt as myself that 
Um, if you don't know anything about this, mm-hmm. um, it, it's like wandering into a jungle where you don't know anything and it's full of dangerous things. So I, I didn't want to have anything to do with that anymore. Out of the four children, have any of the four children experienced paranormal activity since leaving that house or since the, those, the end of those 18 months? As far as I know, not. No. No, no Janet hasn't gone on to have a, um, a career as a medium you know, or anything like that. But I, I also think it's very interesting that there is um, now all this interest in mediums and so on. I mean, we've had that series with Patricia Arquette playing um, Alison Dubois in Medium. And I also saw the other day there's a series on my you know, loads of TV channels called Hollywood Medium. Yeah. Um, there seems to be an awful lot of it about all of a sudden, and people are suddenly thinking, well, we can't understand all that goes on, and we don't understand everything. So um, maybe we should try and use people who um, seem to be different from us. But no, um, Janet doesn't seem, hasn't done anything like that. Um, in fact, she wanted to get away from it. Really? Um, I, th- I think the family were very lucky, actually, coming back to the then and now thing, uh, because if it was now and suddenly there was all this interest and it would be all over the Internet and the children would be vilified at school. I mean, they did get a bit of ribbing about it, obviously, because kids know. But it wasn't anything like the bullying that people have now. And um, it does seem as though this is a much crueler time, really, from that point of view, in terms of anyone who's different. But what, isn't it also a good thing that it happened then instead of now? Because with all the technology available today, if in fact there was something more to it than what is claimed to be, it would have been caught very fast. Well, I assume so. But um, there are polt- there are always poltergeists going on around the world, aren't there? So presumably people are investigating them um, with um, digital technology now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I do know that as a reporter, it is the strangest story I've ever um, reported on. Um, I mean, you know, I've never known anything like it before or since. Uh, so have you covered any other paranormal stories since that story? Anything about UFOs or, or other ghostly encounters? No, <laughs> oh. definitely not. Um, no, I haven't, no. I do remember... Um, when I started off in newspapers, mm-hmm. um, there was a colleague who was on a night shift and um, someone came into the front desk and uh, he got a call from the front desk up to the newsroom saying, you know, there's a man down here who says that aliens are invading the earth and he knows the exact date when it's going to happen. And he said, oh, yeah, right, you see. And the night editor said to him, quite memorably, I think, listen, laddie, I, <laughs> you go down and talk to this person because... Either this is rubbish or it's the biggest story you'll ever cover. So, you know, um, you know I, it, I, but I, I, no, I haven't covered anything like that. Do you think that people in the United Kingdom are more uh, conducive to the paranormal than other parts of the world because of the age of, of England? And, you know, it's, it's very rich with ghost lore and tales. Yes, that's true, isn't it? Apparently, um, uh, surveys recently um, showed that more people in um, Britain believe in ghosts than in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was interesting. I can't remember the exact figures, but it was um, yeah. you know, quite a chunk of people here believe in ghosts. And it was more than in the United States, which is quite interesting, isn't it? So are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Well, I'm still a skeptic in the sense that I don't know what it was. I'm not prepared to say, oh, this was ghosts, oh, this was spirits or anything like that, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it was. I do know that it wasn't applicable by normal standards. It wasn't, sorry, it wasn't explicable by normal standards. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, And I don't think we should ignore things just because we don't understand them. What do you think changed in either the household or with the child who was the agent that caused this poltergeist activity to cease to exist? Well, the theories are that the poltergeist activity ceases to exist once the child reaches puberty. And it's linked to that in some way Mm -hmm. that we don't know. But it's just that all the reports, there are loads of reports, as I said, over centuries, which all are at that time of... um, uh, a young person's life. 
And so one of the theories is that eventually the young person just grows up and are not re not receptive to any of this stuff anymore. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's just what one of the theories is. Tell me about uh, your company, um, TV News London. Well, we're a media training company, so I'm going to write a blog after this, which is um, about taking my own advice on doing radio interviews. <laughs> because uh, obviously um, I'm always telling people how to do radio interviews and TV as well. Right. Um, I've had to do a number of interviews recently about this. And um, so what I want to do is um, make the most of it and um, be able to tell people um, how, to, how to do interviews because I think it's very important that people understand how they can make the most of a radio appearance. So as a professional trainer, how did I do as an interviewer? Oh, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. So what's, uh, what's in your future? I'm not a psychic nor a medium. Actually, I'm a very double X extra large. What are you going to be doing? If somebody came to you with another, another poltergeist haunting story, would you take it? Oh, I don't know. I, I know. I'd, I've been thinking about this. I mm. don't know because it is very draining, actually, because, of course, you have to be skeptical all yep. the time as well. You can't take anything at face value. So it is hard work. I mean, all reporting is hard work, but um, it's, uh, it's extra hard work. So I don't know uh, is the answer to that. I'm not saying I would definitely turn things down, but I'm not saying I would definitely take it on either because, as I say, I did find it very disturbing, the Enfield poltergeist, and there's something very strange going on. And I didn't understand it. And uh, like a lot of people who actually saw some mm -hmm. things happening, it gave us a lot of food for thought. Roz, what are your final words of wisdom for the Exxon Nation tonight? Well, I would say that um, it's very important to have an open mind on all sorts of uh, strange things that people report because... Um, a few years ago, a couple of centuries ago, people didn't know what lightning was. They didn't mm -hmm. know what all sorts of things were. They thought the earth, well, I gather there are some people who still think the earth is flat, but anyway, people <laughs> thought the earth was flat. Um, there's all sorts of stuff that we now take for granted. So who's to say that in 50 years' time, people won't look back and say, how could they not see how the world worked? How could they not know what dark matter was? How could they not know um, that the world works in different universes? That might be the case. I don't know, but I, I think that's what I would say, that um, we should keep an open mind and uh, an inquisitive mind on all sorts of topics. Roz, our time is up. I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish you continued success, and I look forward to having the opportunity of bringing you back on in the future to discuss other strange, weird, the bizarre things that you might report on. Uh, across the big pond. So until then, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Exonation, if you'd like more information on Roz Morris, who's been my guest this hour, visit www.tvnewslondon.co.uk. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. 
To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. 